You know, all through this past season of Lent, these 40 days leading up to Easter, a lot of people have come up to me and have said things like, oh, Father, I'm just having a really rough Lent this year. It's not going well. I, like, I gave up chocolate and I gave up, like, week one. Uh, like, it's just been a rough Lent. I've been lax. I haven't been disciplined. I haven't done what I wanted to do. I haven't made the, the, the progress that I wanted to see. It just hasn't been a great Lent, Father, and I don't know if I really feel ready for Easter. I feel that way too, by the way, just so you know. I feel like I've had kind of a crummy Lent, you know? I I don't feel very ready for Easter. But I guess what I want to say to you guys this morning is that is okay. That is okay. Lent is a time of preparation, yes. But the very nature of the mystery of Easter is just not something that you could ever really be ready for. You're never going to be ready for the, the complete and utter shock of the empty tomb. We're just never going to be completely ready to see that. It is by its nature surprising, shocking, astonishing, amazing. Easter always sneaks up on us. It is always a surprise. It's always a surprise that Jesus is not dead. That's always a surprise. And we have to keep reminding ourselves of how shocking that is and how surprising that really is. It's always a surprise that the faith is not dead, right? That Christianity is not dead, that the church is not dead. I mean, look around. This church is full. It's not dead. Thank God. There are people out there, though, that think that the church is either dying or already dead. But we know that's not true. But it's always surprising. G.K. Chesterton once said that Christianity has died many times and has risen again. For it had a God who knew the way out of the tomb. I think that's beautiful. Christianity has died many times. Many tyrants, many leaders, many, many worldly powers have thought that they got rid of Christianity once and for all. But over and over, it has risen again, for we follow a God who knows the way out of the tomb. We follow Jesus, who after spending three days, three, three days in a tomb, erupted out of that, that dark place. And the grave cannot hold him captive. So surprising. And I think we see how surprising that is in our readings, right? Because everyone seems to be just running around. What is going on, right? In the gospel we heard this morning, first Mary Magdalene comes to the tomb early in the morning, right? And she is surprised to find that it is empty. That is not what she expected, obviously. And what does she do? She, she runs, right? She runs in fear. She runs thinking somebody must have taken the Lord away. 
somebody must have stolen his body. And then when Peter and the beloved disciple, who pretty much everyone says is John the Evangelist, when they hear this, they, they're like, I don't know, like, let's check this out. And so they run, they run around, they race to the empty tomb. And we hear that they look and they are confused, they are befuddled, and yet they're also amazed. They're also just amazed by this surprising turn of events. What has happened here? We know Jesus is alive. Jesus is not dead. Jesus is living here and now. And so given that very, very surprising fact, my question for you all this morning is, what are you going to do about it? If Jesus is raised from the dead, if he's really alive, if we have been surprised by that truth and know it down in our bones, then what are we going to do about it? Well, the church shows us the way, because what did the early church do? Again, they ran around, right? As soon as they they realized the full impact, the truth of what has actually happened on Easter Sunday, they ran out and told the entire world about this completely surprising thing that has happened, that this man that they followed for three years as he cast out demons, as he healed people, as he preached the truth in a way that nobody else ever had, that man died on a cross and then rose from the dead. They went out and told that. That was their rallying cry. That is what they shared. They shared this very surprising fact. The very surprising fact of the resurrection. And that is our task today as well. To run out there, run into the world, and in both of our words and our deeds. So yeah, we have to talk about Jesus, but we also have to live like him We run out there and we share with the world that Jesus is not dead. He's alive. And that should surprise the world. Now that's really hard to do. And again, just like we did with Lent, right? We didn't feel like we did a great job with Lent, maybe. And maybe we don't feel very ready to go out there and share this good news with the entire world. To go run out there into this very dangerous place. But there are three things that I'd like to draw attention to that that prevent us from sharing the good news, from actually running out there and giving everyone this amazing surprise that's waiting for them, for them to actually embrace. There are three things that I'd like to call attention to that can prevent us from running out into the world. The first one is fear. Fear. And I think that what is related to this is a sort of embarrassment, an embarrassment for the truth, an embarrassment about the fact that Jesus really is alive. We're kind of embarrassed and overwhelmed by the world out there that thinks that this is sort of silly, that this is just not believable in our day and age. We have to get past that fear. As Christians, okay? And I think Scripture gives us the perfect antidote. In our Scriptures, we read, perfect love casts out 
fear. The second thing that prevents us from from shocking the world and sharing this surprising good news is our own personal sin, our own shortcomings. Sometimes when we look at ourselves and we see how far we fall short, we can start to think, well, I'm not worthy to share the good news. I can't get out there and tell anyone about Jesus because look at how messed up my life is. But I would challenge you this morning on Easter that actually the fact that you are a sinner is itself not an excuse to not talk about the Lord, but actually it's, it's, it's your ticket to go and share, right? You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. And we get to go out into the world and share the surprisingly good news that Christ our Passover has been sacrificed as St. Paul told us in our second reading. So what do we do about that? Well, we, as St. Paul said, clear out the old yeast so that you may become a fresh batch of dough. For our Paschal Lamb, Christ, has been sacrificed. Sacrificed for you. Sacrificed for those sins that you might be freed from them forever, forgiven of them forever, receive mercy forever. Therefore, let us celebrate the feast, not with the old yeast, the yeast of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. If we know that, that Jesus has been sacrificed for us, then our personal sins don't get in the way of going out there and sharing with the world A world that's very eager to cancel us, right? But it doesn't keep us from sharing the good news. The third thing that can prevent us from surprising the world is lukewarmness. Lukewarmness. I think sometimes we can sort of become very demotivated and lazy. I know I do a lot. We can become a little bit attached to all of the comforts and all of the conveniences of our daily life, and that actually kind of tends to slow us down. It slows us down. Rather than running out into the world and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ risen from the dead, we get slow and sluggish and lukewarm, and we get kind of cool in our love. Our, the fire kind of cools down. I love the image from C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia in the last book, The Last Battle, where Aslan is kind of leading all of the creatures, all the people, everybody that's going into heaven, and he's just running full speed. He's running full speed, and they start to find out that they too can run at an incredible speed. And so when we become lukewarm, when we see in our own hearts that we've become slow, slow to share the goodness of the Lord, then I think we just have to ask the Holy Spirit to quicken us. Quicken us. That's the word that that so many saints have used down through the ages when, when referring to the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit quickens us. He makes us fast again, fast to do the will of the Lord, fast to share the gospel. I think at the end of the day, We have a great privilege and a great task to just go and allow God 
to surprise people. Because I think there's a lot of people out there in the world today that think they know what God is all about. They think they know what religion is all about. They think they've seen it, they've, they've been there, they've done that. I think that the, the amazing truth about the resurrection is that God can and does still surprise us. Every single convert surprises us. Last night we had three people baptized into the church. Three people who hopefully had a much better Lent than I did as they prepared for those sacraments. What a gift and what a surprise that in this day and age people are still becoming Catholic, right? Amazing, beautiful, good. So go out there and be Christians. Go out there and share your faith in word and in deed and allow God to surprise people. Allow the living God, the risen Lord, to surprise all of the people in your life. God doesn't disappoint. He always surprises us.